Great column and a great headline by Marnie Supkoff in the National Post. She asks, why has watching television become such hard work? Now, she writes that Marnie does, well, I suspect that everybody with a Netflix subscription knew this already, but now Nielsen, the uh, data and analytics company, has confirmed it, that there is so much streaming content available, people who watch TV have become paralyzed by endless choice. Now, Nielsen's latest total audience report says that the average TV viewer currently takes, how about this, seven minutes, seven minutes of their time to decide what to watch. And that stat uh, does not include uh, subscription video services, which can take, obviously, a lot longer than that. I mean, who hasn't uh, signed on to Netflix, scrolled around for 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes, and then decided, you know what, there's nothing good to watch. So welcome in TV expert Bill Brio for more on this. He joins us on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Bill, how are you, my friend? I'm fine, Jeff. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Is Marnie right here? Is uh, TV watching, has it just become too much hard work? <laughs> it's ridiculous. You know, I, uh, years ago, I would go up north, go to the, a family cottage, and would just glory in the fact that it was an unplugged place, that you could not receive any signals, that it was literally just you and the lake. And now, sadly, we all have devices in our hands that we can just keep streaming. So, I don't know. We're get, it's getting out of hand. Yeah, do you think TV viewers, they truly are paralyzed by choice? I mean, you, you look back to, uh, I don't know, like uh, the mid-late 70s, maybe even early 80s, when it was just uh, the big three networks uh, out of the States, and there were basically three different shows you could choose from, and you would settle on uh, one. Now, of course, uh, there's endless networks with endless programming. Yeah, and it, people have to choose which ones they're going to stream and, and subscribe to. This is the new dilemma that... People, you know, I'll say, hey, have you seen Fleabag? It's like the best show on television. And it's like, no. We got too busy watching Stranger Things, which comes back tonight, or HBO. I've already subscribed to these 12 other things. So Fleabag is on Amazon. So if you don't happen to have that, then that's the dilemma. Do I spend another XYZ to be in that loop? Yeah, and not only that, uh, you got your friends pressuring you to watch uh, something. And, and it was uh, we were just reminiscing yesterday about the 30th anniversary of Seinfeld and how you dare wouldn't miss it on Thursday because Friday morning you would be out of the loop at uh, work. And you kind of feel that way now with your right Stranger Things and other things on Netflix. You get sort of this pressure from people to, to, to watch it. But then you go on and there's all of this endless choice. And even the descriptions and the reviews don't help you, Bill, because everything's like four or five out of five stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's sort of the function of guys like me now. You know, if you're a critic, if you were a TV columnist, once upon a time when there were newspapers and they hired people <laughs> for that, uh, you just told people what the show is about, but now we're curators. We have to tell people, you've only got so much time, you've got to go here. That's what I try to do at my blog, brio.tv, but even I can't keep on top of things. Somebody said to me the other day, hey, what do you think of year after year? Haven't got to it. You know, like, it's just, it's very hard to stay on top. I mean, can you imagine a time maybe back early in your career? I mean, I'm sure you you go on these TV uh, junkets in the, the upfronts. You would know every star. You would know uh, every show. You'd see a screener or two of them. Uh, I don't think that on network TV there was ever a time when you didn't know about or know what the show was, and that's changed so much now. Yeah, way, way back when I started, I worked at TV Guide, TV Guide Canada here in Toronto, and we would write food stories on the fourth banana on some, 
you know, Knott's Landing or something. You know, <laughs> you, you, everybody would get written about. And now you literally hit the debut date of some series. You write about it once and then never again, even if it's on for five or 10 or 20 years, because there's just too many shows to co- cover. Yeah, and listen, before we sound like uh, two old men telling people to get off our lawn, uh, do you think that this is good? I mean, uh, generally, the more choice, uh, the better, I think uh, people uh, would argue. But uh, is there too much choice? And does even somebody like you, do you get onto a streaming service and then sign off seven, eight minutes later deciding there's nothing good to watch? Sometimes, yeah. You know, I wonder why am I still subscribing to Netflix because I I can't find anything. And then other times it's I just can't see all of it. Uh, I think that uh, there's uh, some great shows right now. Fleabag, I mentioned. Dead to Me is a wonderful series. If people haven't seen that yet with Christina Applegate, Afterlife with Ricky Gervais. So I'll find five or eight hours to stream those things uh, because they're so great. I want to see all of them. But I also find, Jeff, and this is one thing the surveys were showing, we're not just watching streaming or TV shows. If I'm driving up north now and I've got two, three hours, I'm listening to Conan Needs a Friend. I'm listening to podcasts. Uh, you know, that we're, we're, our ears are being just as overwhelmed as our eyes, so we really are surrounded by content. On the uh, line here with TV critic Bill Brio, also making some news. You mentioned a second ago, Bill, Stranger Things has uh, dropped today, the highly anticipated third season on Netflix. But uh, not everybody is talking about the kids with superpowers. Uh, They're talking about this uh, new report from the anti-smoking group, uh, Truth Initiative, which was released earlier this week. It uh, actually ranks Stranger Things as one of its top offenders when it comes to on-screen tobacco use. And Netflix is, uh, well, they've made an interesting announcement regarding uh, teen-focused programming and uh, smoking bill. Yeah, they're basically going to cut out all the smoking and vaping scenes. They're going to limit it. Uh, I think from season one to season two on Stranger Things, it nearly doubled. You know, there was so many scenes of people smoking. I understand that as a parent, um, you know, but... I'm wondering, how, where does this end? And say you're a fan of, as I am, Turner Classic Movies, TCM. If you were going to cut out all the smoking scenes on any of the Thin Man shows from the movies from the 30s, they'd be four minutes long. Uh, you know, like, yeah. Or Casablanca or anything like that, where the, those film noirs, especially, where there was nothing but hazy smoke in every second scene. So... You'd be pretty busy editing stuff if that's how if you're going to go all the way with it. Well, imagine if you had to edit Mad Men. I mean, there'd right. be nothing left, right? <laughs> yeah, and that was the whole point. I remember the Mad Men cast came down to L.A. We had our annual press tour, and uh, th- it was funny. We were being introduced to the show, and they were all smoking. The, the, there were, all the <laughs> cast members had start, even though they only smoked these weird vegetable cigarettes on the show just to make it look like they were smoking. They all got back into the smoking cigarette habit just from doing that show. Yeah, so I guess the debate is between art and uh, the responsibility uh, of the artist. And, I mean, when we look at something like uh, Stranger Things, which is, uh, for those that haven't seen it, uh, based in the 80s, smoking still was a fairly big part of the uh, the culture. And if you want to uh, be factually uh, accurate or historically uh, accurate, don't you have to display that? Yeah, it's just as if you're setting something in today's world with, with young people, they have to have a, a cell phone in their hand. You know, yeah. like there's, there are things that are just part of 
the uh, the currency of the times and cigarette smoking uh, certainly was in the 60s yeah i mean i'm thinking about vaping even now i mean if you're going to do a teen focused uh, you know drama based uh, here in 2019 i mean wouldn't that have to be a uh, part of it and part of the conversation and the narrative if you, you were going to be truly uh, accurate and i'm thinking about films even like uh, john hughes in the 80s how celebrated he was as a film director for bringing that kind of teen realism to the screen it's scary how quickly a lot of this stuff is dated. Uh, you know, my kids are in their 20s, and they'll go back and look at different shows, and uh, often uh, just for not just smoking and, and things like that, but just uh, people's attitudes, racism, different things like that, they, they, they don't all age well. And uh, certainly uh, that's just something that's going to keep happening. Yeah, well, interesting decision and announcement by Netflix today. And interesting conversation, as always, with our friend Bill Brio. Bill, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate you jumping on. My pleasure, Jeff. Anytime.